Uh, before we start, Maxi Boy, I would really like to thank Anna in our previous episode. It was a real, it was a real pleasure to having her here. Yeah. Uh, although I did uh, hear that there was some issues with the sound because of my microphone. Uh, there were some driver things that we found out later on. Uh, but really, the, the the pleasure was really just having her here. She she's a really awesome person uh yeah. both in 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 terms of profession but also privately that i've i've met her a couple of times so uh it was a real pleasure having her yeah yeah i agree it was uh it was nice very very nice and i i look forward to having her back actually so that, yeah that she would was be... really interested to be, to be here on here again so yeah yeah so I, I look forward to that so thank you anna very much for for being here on our very very hum humble small podcast it was very nice <laughs> yeah Truly, truly. <laughs> All right, so on to the episode. Let's go. Hello, Juice. Hello, Maximoy. We have to. How are you today? Yeah, I'm I'm fine. You're not as fine as me. Uh, no, oh, <laughs> is that the way we're going today? <laughs> no, it's it's more like no, that's right. Yeah, that's right. yeah. I I just um, uh, yeah. I'm homesick today. Yeah. So you will probably be having some hard time hearing me, and if you do, I'm sorry for it. If not, then forget 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 about it <laughs> forget about it <laughs> so what are we going to talk about today max boy well i had um i read some interesting uh, articles about uh, measurements actually um yeah. and um i was putting together the episode because it was very very interesting so i thought that first maybe we'll go through some sciencey stuff or more uh, more theoretical stuff uh, on what measurements are and I was thinking of going into a bit of a hypothesis versus theory as well um, and then we can go into a bit more concrete things as to what you can use measurements because this is actually um, linking to our feedback episode a, a little bit um, because feedback you can is, is a measurable thing um, yeah, exactly yeah so um and and there's a lot of like we said in the feedback episode as well there's a lot of noise in the feedback because how many times have you gone to reddit like we we said and based on all that feedback you got a good idea of what you need to change in your game that doesn't really happen it's like you know a perfect example about the noise thing that can happen in measurements is uh, what we talked about you know we talked about the witcher where they had to uh, you said that there was something wrong with the character because it didn't feel dynamic and all that. Yeah, uh, it felt stiff. It felt stiff, so they had to go back and revisit the what the problem was. Exactly. Um, so that's that's kind of the the noise because from the feedback uh, of the actual users, they they couldn't really uh, determine well what's the fault here. So they had to do other things. Um, but I mean, if we um, if we go to the definition of measurement, so what is measurement? Um, and that's, if you look on Wikipedia, they will say, you know, it's a, an assignment of a number to a characteristic or, 
or an object or a phenomena. So we can say, you know, if I say the number 150, it doesn't really mean anything. But if I say 150 kilometers an hour, I, I suddenly assigned a meaning to it. Now it means yeah, that I'm driving fast. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so it can also mean the approximation because measurement is never an exact thing. It's always an approximation of something. Um, so it can mean an approximation of one phenomenon related to another phenomenon. Um, so I can say, you know, I'm driving 150 kilometers, but you're driving 120 or something. That means that the, the relationship between us is that I'm driving faster. And it's, it's easy to imagine because speed is something that we're kind of relating to every single day if we drive a car or something else. Um, so I would say basically the measurement means that you're adding some kind of meaning to a number. Uh, and it can be basically anything. Um, then another thing that is very actually actually very interesting is that you know in games you might try to measure different things and um, one of them can be something that is a bit more um, undefinable because it's it's not something that is very very concrete and that is like fun you know what's what's yeah. the definition of fun right everybody has different definitions of what it is. Um, I checked on Wikipedia actually, and that's like, well, they say enjoyment, right? Um, but that basically says exactly nothing. Exactly. It doesn't, <laughs> so, you know, enjoyment. What's the well, with, yeah. What's the yeah. difference between enjoyment and fun? Exactly. I mean, it's just, it's just a word. You didn't define it even further. You just said another word for it. <laughs> exactly. It's just a synonym. It's, it's <laughs> yeah. like, well, enjoyment. Well, yeah. It's so like three. You, you can say, three? you know, fun <laughs> is when the, the human body exerts some pheromones and, and some, some, <laughs> uh, what, what do you, what do you call these, um, uh, damn, um, hormones, hormones. Thank you. Yeah. So, and some hormones and there's a chemical thing going on in the body. That's the biological explanation of fun, right? Um, and we're enjoying, we're enjoying ourselves, but it doesn't really say anything. But the question is, you Let know, me just add something there Yeah. <laughs> before you go ask the question there, uh, which I'm looking forward to because you, you're really building up to something here. Yes. Um, say that you, this actually ties into the measurement stuff. Say that you have two individuals and they are both experiencing fun, right? And you do these chemical uh, analysis of how much dopamine and endorphins and uh, those kinds of chemicals that they have in the in the body, which basically say how much they're having fun. Does, from my standpoint uh, and from what I've read previously in terms of medicine. Is like it doesn't really, it doesn't matter if we have the exact same amount of uh, the fun chemical. We will experience fun in different ways anyway. Yeah, which in turn says nothing about if if you if you're measuring the the chemicals, it doesn't really say how much fun you you're having or how much uh, you're enjoying the, the the thing. And also say that you're playing a horror game. Are you having fun getting scared? Is that fun? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, just a side note. Yeah, and I, I really love that because it's very true. I mean, it's just it just saying you're having, you're experiencing fun right now, but not how much fun. It doesn't say anything about the actual 
exact measurement of you know how how much fun do you have on a scale from zero to 100 right it's it's yeah, exactly. not it just says you have fun and and that's very important um what i was gonna get to was um do we actually need to understand the unit and define it to measure it it right? depends on what what you're trying to measure in terms of fun yeah i don't think there is a unit for it uh but you can but you can still what is it called uh quantize quantize it quantize it uh you, you can quantify exactly uh, the, the thing so but that doesn't you... define the actual unit right no it's, but it's you not can... like fun is this uh, no exactly thing. but you can uh you can use it as a basis for discussion for yeah. taking a serious discussion around should we implement this uh, mechanic uh, like this or do we want to add uh, a more scary scarecrow somewhere uh, to heighten the tense uh, make it more t in, uh, more intense uh, or should we remove the the rabid dogs that are just rushing at the player because it's just too much intensity <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> i no, mean that's just uh, it's just a way for us to reason about something yeah and I think exactly it, and i think that's the uh, the core issue of measurement and why you want to do it in the first place yeah uh, exactly. You want to quantify, you want to set a number on something or, you know, it, it might be something else than a number. You might want a graph or you want something else. The representation of the data could be different. Um, but, you know, it's like uh, what I what I meant with with the unit um, is like if I tell you that I have a 500 kilogram thing on my lawn, um, you would imagine something big, right? I mean, normally or if I say, oh, I have this one ton thing on in the in the front of my house, you you would probably imagine something car sized or something like that. Yeah, um, and uh, that assumes that I actually know the what a ton is, right? Well, it it doesn't if really. You, if you would if you would ask me uh, about the American system, what whatever that's called. Yeah, uh, pounds. The, the, pounds, the, yeah, exactly. the imperial system, that, yeah. Yeah, if you say that a uh, hundred pounds, that would make that that sounds kind of much. Doesn't say much to me because I need to know the 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 measurement. I need to know the relations between between pounds and kilograms, right? Exactly, exactly. So so you know you know how much something is in kilograms because you use kilograms in your everyday life so you've seen exactly you, you know how much a car weighs about in kilograms so you have a bunch of reference points to you know what it is but um and, and it's the same thing if it's all relative also because if i tell you that i lost 20 kilograms you would think oh damn you lost a lot right um yeah because on if, a you're person, to, if you're waiting 200 200 uh, kilograms that's basically nothing yeah, but it's. I mean, still, when 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 we when we're regarding that to to people, we know that okay, people usually weigh that much, so twenty kilograms yeah. is a lot. So the thing is um, that we don't really. How often do we think about what a kilogram is, or if you're using the imperial system, what a what a pound is, right? It's mm -hmm. it's very. Uh, we don't really uh, need to understand the unit to get reference points and understand the numbers, right? So so uh, we do need, like you said, you need a kind of relationship 
between uh, these units because like you, like you also said and I was gonna get into that actually which was <laughs> kind of fun <laughs> because it, it's kind of the same thing if you tell me well you know I lost 20 pounds instead well that for me means nothing because I have I we here in Europe we use or wait I, I the British are using pounds and stuff Oh, never mind. <laughs> yeah, they're weird. Most of us in Europe <laughs> <laughs> use the metric system. So, you know, it's it's um, we, we do have all these reference points, but then we need to know the relationship of pound versus kilograms. And you, you, we know it, but we kind of forget it all the time because you don't use it that much. Um, yeah, I mean, we have Google. Yeah, <laughs> exactly, exactly. We're lazy. So <clears throat> what what we actually... Uh, want to measure in in case of fun for example um, we want to understand how fun manifests itself in the real world uh, and then we can we can say well we we can measure it so for example a person smiling laughing that's a manifestation of fun right it's it's uh, what in the measurement uh, community or <laughs> lingo <laughs> <laughs> there's certainly a measurement community out there yeah, I, I guess there is yeah <laughs> i wouldn't be i wouldn't be surprised if i found one but yeah <laughs> yeah but you know it's the manifestation of fun we can say is laughter it can be many things i mean it doesn't necessarily because people can have fun without laughing we we have fun and we laugh a lot for example so we're kind of typical examples of that but some other people you know are different and and they manifest their feelings because fun is i guess ultimately a feeling as well um they uh, they manifest them in in different ways but um what they are calling that is a proxy so uh, there are different uh, types of proxies and uh, they they do manifest themselves in in different ways in in case of fun you can say well these are these are the types of proxies that a human might manifest when they're having fun and it would, would be generic enough i guess um, to uh, to be able to conduct some kind of a measurement um, because you know we we all kind of if we go into a, a bit of science like when you are about to start measuring something you create a hypothesis um, basically um, that's well n not always but you know we do also have our own internal hypotheses and theories right if if i say intuition yeah well that and also uh, things that have been proven because a hypothesis is a um is a proposed description of a phenomenon right uh, i can yeah. have a hypothesis saying uh, let's now this has been always already proven but I, I can say if i throw a ball up in the air it will come down at some point um and and if nobody knew that already that would be a hypothesis and then you in 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 the science world you would have to prove it, it a hypothesis isn't a hypothesis if you can't test it um so you test the hypothesis and then the hypothesis becomes, uh, if it's tested and proven, it becomes a theory. So a theory is something that is uh, generally accepted by everyone else as being the description of a phenomenon. In this case, a ball falling down or an apple. And then, you know, once you do that, you can create a new hypothesis based on your newly created theory like if we take gravity in this case because that's what we're talking about it would be okay so 
my new hypothesis is that this apple or this ball falls down because there's an invisible force acting on it, which which uh, would we, we, we would call gravity or whatever. And then you go and test that and it becomes the theory of gravity and the gravitational laws, right? So that's, that's kind of um, the, uh, the whole process that we go through. And it's kind of interesting because we do the same thing. Um, I mean, remember in school, for example, you thought like you had your internal theory. Um, if you read physics, you thought, well, you know, what happens if, because uh, I know this is a classic thing. Um, everybody might have seen at some point this test where they um, have a hammer and a feather in vacuum still we're still on gravity so i, I thought that was a good example um, and from your real life experience before you actually seen that and remember i mean me and juice we grew up when internet was not <laughs> the the biggest thing um, <coughs> <laughs> but um you know during during before seeing that test you would say well the hammer fall down falls down faster right that would be your intuition and your internal theory because that's what you've seen in real life that's that was the manifestation of what you thought was gravity and then you see this test and you kind of have to update your internal theory uh to match that now you know okay they fall down equally fast in vacuum and the, the thing was that you know you had air resistance there that would hold the heather the, the heather what the hell the heather. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know. throw heathers down the <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh. oh man that was sadistic yeah <laughs> throw, throw heathers <laughs> uh, that will hold the feather up in the air while the hammer uh, doesn't doesn't have the same error resistance right so so then you update your internal theories and and that's that's kind of the the thing with measurements as well because you start with a theory uh, and then you create a hypothesis based on that and you start measuring and if if it proves to be good then you uh, you um, update your theory based on that and and then you can move forward and you know it's kind of a loop where you um where you go uh, go and update your your theory all the time and create a new hypothesis which which is even better and and so on and that's kind of what we humans have as the base for learning uh as well we we have a bunch of internal theories like if we talk about weight we uh, associate weight with health uh sometimes right um and uh based based on that uh, we base that on theories that we have like oh if you if you weigh too much then you this thing happens in your body and you put stress on your heart and everything and you might get diabetes and all that so so we do have all these proven i guess hypotheses that that have been have been already proven by doctors and we update them all the time and that's how we learn um because everybody has i would say you know um a theory without being proven is a preconception so you kind of have a preconception that something might happen. And if it does happen the way you think it is, a phenomenon or whatever, uh, then you can say, oh, my theory is safe inside my head. Um, and and that that's all good. But if it doesn't, then you update it because you've been proven wrong. So you, you update it and then you, you move on. So it's, um, it's, a pretty, uh, it's a pretty interesting thing, uh, I think. Um, so, yeah um that was uh that was a very interesting book 
uh, that is called measuring everything um, that because I read these articles and a lot of them were based on that uh, book actually um, which was like well this is cool um, and and I kind of find I kind of found that they, they they had a lot of things in common uh, the way they thought about about this so uh, um, yeah it's um, it's a it's kind of very very interesting I would say um, and then of course some some of them are more game game based this this book was for um, I think uh, mostly business um, but the same principles can be applied to anything basically so yeah um, yeah I mean there's also the other the other the flip side of the coin where in if, if we want to apply this to games now let's just take the obvious first version of this and just apply it to a physics engine right um, yeah of course you can measure everything but in terms of game development you're actually creating those those measurements right instead of having instead of having a ball fall down for you you actually give it the initial conditions and then just say here is the uh, this the physics simulation that we have we have the gravity of say 10 instead of 9.82 yeah. uh, meters per square uh, second second squared uh, yeah yeah exactly uh, and then you see what happens right yeah and you can you can basically do a lot of these things in 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 the in your simulation and what is a game if not a, a physics simulation most of uh, many many times i mean if you have a racing card if you have a racing game uh the, the traction of the wheel the the torques of the wheel uh, you have the frictions of the road all of those things tie into what you described there as measurements right yeah. and if you want to create something that is really uh, believable and natural and feels like as if it would have been the the real thing then you would need to go into the details of the materials of the road, uh, the frictions and all of those things to yeah. make it react and behave as if it was the real thing. Yeah. And that's that's also based on theories that we both have, I mean, in our heads because we probably maybe studied physics at school, at school, so we know about terms as friction and, you know, all that. And... Also um, based on um, things that we learn during the process, like oh, I didn't know this was a thing. In if you create a car game, for example, oh, I didn't know torque was a thing, you know, and yeah. all and all that. So you you kind of learn. But you also, I mean, if you know the the actual theory, you can also skip a lot of these details because in a game, the the aim of the game is to teach the the player something either be it like something that is skill-based or something challenging or something that is like historically accurate or whatever uh, or strategic things uh, so you can basically just remove a bunch of stuff from the theory and make it behave more game-like now for instance if we if we take a, a shooter game for instance uh, we we play bf battlefield uh, to uh, which one was it? The, uh, the bad, uh, company, bad game. company two, yeah, yeah. Uh, and one of the things that were really standing out there was not only was this the first game that I played that I can destroy all of the 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 buildings, but also if you shoot a sniper f 
from far away. You can see, you can actually see the the bullet bend curve, yeah, right? The bullet physics and all that. Yes, exactly. Yeah, uh, and that is due to the to an actual physics uh, the the constant, the gravity constant being manipulated in such a way that it actually created though that trajectory. Yeah. It's not it's not physically accurate, but it it creates this feeling as if gravity is something that you need to take uh, into consideration when you shoot exactly. the, the sniper. Yeah. Uh, and that's what I mean that in in terms of game creation and game development, you need to know which aspects of the game that you can uh, manipulate in such a way that not only to create a cool experience for the player but also uh, and I guess I'm not really sure but I guess that this this was done for engine uh, optimization purposes as well yeah because you can do integer inter uh, bit shifts and stuff uh, which you wouldn't normally do if you had floating stuff like 9.82 can't really do much with it but if you have it uh, multiplied by 10 then you have all of a sudden values that you can i don't know bit shift truncate yeah. in a different way do yeah. inter integer manipulation instead of floating point yeah and uh you know i i love that example because um it's it's uh <laughs> very very in tune with i mean we haven't prepared this but i love that example because we we both you know we both work on um we never sit together and prepare an episode that, that way but we do have a have a topic that we want to discuss and then we sit on in both at both ends and kind of prepare stuff right um that's and and that's very nice because we can find different sources of information and you know we can have uh, conflicting opinions sometimes which is good it's good for the discussion but this was a perfect example because <laughs> um i i wrote you know i wrote i write in my one note so i wrote the the episode with the, the different topics or, or the different uh, bullets that i want to bring up and um when i was i, I wrote a bullet with uh, what about measurement in games because we right now we're talking about let's call it the philosophy of measuring and you know hypothesis here and there so it's a bit bit more uh, fluffy um, and I wrote <laughs> that you know you need to have a theory on so for the starting point you need to have a theory of how the different parts of the game work right but and this is exactly what you said uh, and what type of uh, feeling you want to induce it to, to the player so what type of feeling does uh, do you want your players to have when they're playing your game um, and then once you have this you start uh, measuring and then you you check well you know do we actually do what we set out to do and maybe you don't maybe you do uh, maybe it's half and half or something else and then you start you know creating the hypothesis which is the basis of improving the theory that you have uh, so there needs to be a starting point and this is their starting point exactly like you said you you need to um, decide on what type of feeling what do you want to teach the player in your game um, what what um, um, should they be happy should they be scared should they be sad you know all, all that um, all those things uh, are the start of your of your theory and based on that you do measurements and your measurements will show you how close you are to actually to what you actually want to achieve 
Um, so that was a great example. I thought it was like bang on. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a, uh, it's a, um, and, and also, you know, um, it's, it's kind of, um, the, the way you improve this is, um, you need to look at the relevant proxies for it. Um, there's, um, so, so you need to look at proxies that are closer to, I don't know how to put it, but to the actual problem area. If I, if I say, you know, um, fuel consumption and, and horsepower on my car, um, they're a proxy, right? And they're much more related to how fast I'm driving than how much I weigh, right? So I need to focus on the correct proxies uh, to improve this theory. If I focus on something else, so let's say you want your player to be, like you said, um, <clears throat> we can blow up buildings, right? In, in Bad Company 2. It was, was the first game that could do that. And they wanted to give this feeling of you're actually, you actually have physics that you need to take into account when you're fighting people and sniping people. Um, and then let's say that, you know, that didn't really happen um, in the game. If they focused on improving the graphics, uh, they still wouldn't give the, the player that feeling, right? It's, it's exactly those types of proxies that we're talking about. So if, if so you... you're saying proxies, is it something, because it's a new term for me. When you say proxies, is it something like uh, attributes, something that is uh, like variables that tie into some kind of system like could be an input to well uh, it it's the it's the manifestation of the phenomena in the real world so like we said for the fun thing uh, the proxy would be that you're laughing or that you're yeah, okay you know so it's it's an effect exactly it's yeah, okay. it's what you actually want to measure because that yeah. will bring you closer to the truth so yeah all right uh, so um, if you're scared, maybe there are signs. Now I'm I'm talking about feelings a lot, right? In in players, but they they can be so much more. Uh, and and the same thing about you know the the proxies you can you can study when we're taking Bad Company Two as as an example. If you're um, you know if if you're giving the player this physics uh, physics experience or not. Um, those those are as proxies as well because it's it's how your game engine manifests some of the qualities that it has right um, and and then you can of course measure fun and all that on the player or if they're scared or if something else and those are also proxies um, so it's just a manifestation of a phenomenon which is what you're actually interested in because that's the that's the only way to measure phenomenons um, I could tell you I'm having fun right now, right? <laughs> if I don't exert any type of proxy, it's, you cannot measure it. Um, so um, you need some some kind of feedback to the real world that this is actually happening. <laughs> Otherwise, it's it's very hard to measure, right? Um, yeah, yeah. Um, so it's it's like um, uh, the same the same thing about driving a car. If you um, if you <laughs> if you drive your car and the speedo is covered over so you can't speedo. see this <laughs> yeah it's the speedometer <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> i know you i know what you're thinking you sick yeah. you sick cover sigma. your speedos people <laughs> <laughs> we can't measure stuff if you cover cover your speedos <laughs> 
<laughs> no, but I don't know how you drive, man. But I, I never drive in my speedos. <laughs> I, I drive like Borat. Haven't you seen his speedo? It's, <laughs> it's awesome. It's like yeah. why would you? Why would you want to get in the, into a car with anything else on you? Like no. <laughs> Well, I have mine in the glove compartment, you know, in case the police stops me. Oh, that's just true. To make sure <laughs> to make sure that I'm driving the speed or something. They can give they can give me me money. They can hook it up to my G string or whatever he has on it. <laughs> uh, yeah, sorry, man. No, but you Speedo. know, if we say that speed is feedback from the vehicle to you on how fast you're driving, so that's a proxy. Right. Uh, if I cover the the, the speedometer, um, then it's it's very hard to measure speed. If you don't, you know, if you don't know how fast the car is going, then it, it's impossible to measure. You can you can use reference points in the road, maybe, or something else. But yeah, just... but if you're if you're being philosophical there, yeah, uh, <laughs> it sounds like does a tree make any sound if I'm not there to hear it? Yeah, yeah, I know. It's I know. basically the same thing. Of course, you can you can still measure things although you you're not your measurement will probably not be the the most accurate ones but exactly uh you can still kind of know the the cars that you're driving uh right beside uh you can see how fast things approach you uh you can hear the 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 engine sound and those kinds of things. Yeah, yeah, of course. I mean, those are those are other proxies, right? Yeah. I mean, there. I want to take thing. this. I want to take this discussion more towards the the game dev once again. You you were talking about something in earlier, uh, way earlier there in terms of chemicals, uh, but there's also you can actually measure things like heart rate. Uh, we we talked about this yeah. sometime. I can't really remember which episode it was, but there's a company that I really can't. Uh, remember right now what they're called they uh, they do measure things they measure the the dilation of your pupils uh they they measure the heart rate that you have with these with apple watches um they do uh, look they have these toby uh, eye trackers to see where you're actually looking yeah and whenever you play through a session it's a it's a play testing company yeah uh, so whenever they they go through a session, they first record which level it is, when they started, how much they ate before, uh, etc. All of these preconditions uh, is are added to the system, so they know that okay, this guy wasn't hungry when he started off playing the game, uh, or he didn't go to the bathroom and he wet himself during this scene, for yeah. instance. Uh, uh, and that that kind of data mining, I would call it, where you where you just mine people for their they play the game as if they're regular players. Uh, they are like beta players or alpha players, uh, but they all have these systems that they're tied to with the Apple Watch, uh, with the Toby uh, eye tracker, etc. Yeah, that gives the the player the game dev. Uh, a lot of data to dive into. And although the data might be very, how does it say, uh, convincing and say that, hey, these 100 people or 1,000 people that play this game uh, all exerted this kind of an emotion here, 
it's just an approximation of the whole player base, right? So there's a whole lot of maths going on behind the scene where they're taking the sample, uh, the, the sample, the sample size of uh, a thousand players, and yeah. doing these normal distribution stuff and sample theory uh, put into place. Uh, for anyone who doesn't know what uh, normal distribution is, it's basically a, a way of uh, putting a confidence of on your data. You have this this very specific uh, graph that goes that looks basically like a hill, and then you have these confidence confidence uh, parts where you say that hey, okay, within ninety percent of all the the actual players, we can be sure that they exert this kind of feeling, yeah, or, or emotion, yeah. Uh, and they also there is also another company that. Uh, that does this, but more of a, on the chemical part. We 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 touched on it just previously in this episode, uh, where I said that there are endorphins and dopamines and stuff. Uh, for anyone who doesn't know what these are, these are the endorphin is a painkiller. Basically, uh, whenever you laugh, you exert uh, endorphin. Uh, whenever you eat something that makes you happy basically yeah or <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah that's uh, that's a painkiller basically uh dopamine is something that is exerted when you when you uh get a reward basically uh and that is something that has been talked about a lot during these loot boxes you know yeah yeah uh, i know yeah, the loot box epidemic, or what you want to call it. Yeah. Uh, whenever you complete a task, whenever you you do give yourself an, uh, like a reward or open a loot box, you you flush out a lot of dop- dopamines, and a lot of these game devs are really good at giving the right amount of dopamine at the right amount of time to keep you going back. Yeah. Uh, Riot Games is really good at this. Um, the MMORPG game genre is really good at this um also the platformer games where you like basically ramp up the challenge all the time and then you hit this this mega boss and then you have these rest sessions basically and yeah. then you go back again into into the rise of challenge basically yeah and th- those are uh, those are all based on measurements that they did exactly yeah exactly these these are these are actual hormones that you can that that you can find in your body yeah. there are also two more which not many people talk about uh, but I, that i really think they should there's this one called serotonin and oxytocin the serotonin is basically the one that stabilizes your your mood whenever you feel cranky uh, you can just go out run do some exercise or meditating or whatever and that basically brings down all of your uh the levels in your body yeah. to a stable yeah. level basically and the oxytocin one is you exert this when you uh when you touch a dog when you pet a dog or when you when you're holding hands or when you do something social basically yeah uh that's when you when these uh this one the oxytocin one uh when it gets 
flushed out into her body. Now, the reason why I'm saying this uh, is that these chemicals can basically be directly mapped to, to a model, uh, which I talked about previously, uh, which was the Nicole Lozaro four types of four keys to fun or something like that. Uh, it's basically four different kinds of fun that people can uh, feel yeah, yeah. Uh, or experience. There's yeah. this easy fun, uh, things that you, that you can, like, uh, you're, you're exploring stuff. You feel like, Hey, this is a kind of cool, uh, but it's not really skill based. It's not really something that is really hard for you to do. There's the serious fun, which is something that they say that, uh, whenever you have, uh, something give, having a serious consequence for you or something that is really serious in terms of, uh, say medical this is a med medical game for instance uh but the the thing that you're playing can actually be applied to real real world applications uh there's this game that uh the military i don't know if it's a swedish one or if it's somewhere else they they use this game for real to simulate uh actual combat with terrorist groups etc uh, which is really cool because if you if you can simulate the 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 real scenario in a simulated version then you could train the the soldiers in a different way compared to if they wouldn't have seen yeah yeah um there's this people fun which is a social aspect of a game and the hard fun which is the challenge aspect of a game and if you just map these to the uh to the ones that i just described dopamine oxytocin uh, endorphin and serotonin they almost map one-to-one -one. the oxytocin one to social aspect of it uh, dopamine of course uh, is probably could probably be added uh, applied to anything but it's something that's exerted when you complete something yeah hard fun for instance yeah yeah etc yeah uh, and those uh, you were you were talking about measurements and these are actual real physical measurements that people have done and this is one company that does this uh in in terms of the the chemical part and the other company that i just mentioned uh which does measurements of heart rate etc which also ties into the chemicals but more in an in what's it called in indirect way mm -hmm. uh, because you know your heart rate uh is heightened when you uh, feel anxious or you're doing something that is hard or you're doing you're sweating and those yeah, or you're stressed or something oh yeah. you're stressed exactly yeah. uh, and they 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 are mapped to different amounts of chemicals in your body yeah i had um because i i had the play test is kind of a that's that's kind of a cornerstone of game development right i mean it's it's very very important uh and it's it's like you know you 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 can make it very simple you can uh, you can play the game or have others play the game and repeat or you can make it more advanced as well you can i heard of, of a term called kleenex play uh, testing which kleenex. Uh, yeah which was basically i mean it's not it's not as hard or special as it sounds it's, it's just that you um 
you have players that have never seen the game before play it for the first time that's basically oh, yeah, yeah. it um, and then you you also have the uh, the other thing because you can you can i think we we kind of talked about this with some of our guests maybe but um yeah i think uh, yeah we talked about it with both of our guests to be honest because one thing was you know you can have company-wide testing if you have a big company uh you can test it in-house uh and uh, one of our guests ne- uh, mentioned something like friends and family testing uh, all, uh and that's kind of a, i guess kleenex play testing and you can also have like we discussed some at some point that valorant has and i, I guess other games uh, have as well where uh, they gather up some pro players and ex-pro players uh, to give them feedback on level design for example and uh, and all that so um, and that's that's kind of a um, a type of measurement as well because you're um, you're <coughs> measuring by playtesting basically, um, and you get opinions from either people that have never seen the game or the people people that are familiar with the game but they are pros, so they can give you because uh, different groups give you different type of feedback. Like uh, yeah, exactly. You know, uh, a, a player that has never seen the game before might be very anxious at some point where a pro player wouldn't be um um, so then from a pro player you would get a different type of data it's like how do these guys uh use in in case of valorant and level design it's it's about well how do these guys use the level that we've designed what kind of creative creative things can they come up with and at the other end as well if if you're a new player have never seen the game it's it's interesting just to see how would they just um behave in this new environment that they've never seen before um so yeah um those those are uh playtesting i think is is very important it was like uh, most people think that you know this is this is very important for people to actually play your game and you get feedback and measurements from that um so you can also you know you can see um things that you expect to happen but they didn't happen Right. If you expect a player to behave in a, in a certain way, in a certain level or whatever, and he, he or she doesn't do that, then you kind of need to ask yourself, okay, why didn't this happen? This was the expected behavior, but it didn't happen. So something must be wrong here. I need to tweak stuff. Um, so, yeah. Uh, and that's, that's, I, that's where the strength of both inexperienced um, gamers maybe and very experienced gamers come in to play because an experienced gamer has seen so many games that they kind of figure out you know you figure out stuff oh i bet i can go here and do this right because this is based on previous experience a new player um that either is less experienced or hasn't seen the game before uh, maybe doesn't know uh, the the type of the type of game this is and 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 then they wouldn't behave the same way and if you want both to be behave in the same way and then then it's a it's a sign that okay i need to tweak something here i need to change something um so yeah there's a there's different type of testing I, I, or measurements i i also um added something that <clears throat> i saw as uh, domain analysis and that's basically um analysis of competitor games like how do they differ from your game in the same genre let's say you know battle royale games right battle royale games all have a mechanic where the map is shrinking or something like that um so uh, how does my game differ from other competitor games in the same genre or something like that 
um so it's um yeah um there are there are some uh some some different different types of uh measurements that you can you can make make there but um yeah and all of them are on different levels i would say um because you can measure in so many ways and you can measure on so many different levels like granularity wise you can have very very complex measurements uh for some things it depends on what's important and what you prioritize in your game as well um so yeah, yeah you're touching on something there as well uh, something i want that was meaning to to pick up um and that is games nowadays measure a lot we talked about this in the previous episodes it's it's not just about where you are and what you where you can jump and stuff but also uh how much how long did people use this weapon for uh or how for how long did this guy stand in this corner uh and how many how, what is the percentage of players who do this uh that is that kind of data gives the 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 dev team kind of input on the level design that you're talking about but there's also this kind of how many players do finish the quests that we set up for them to finish Uh, how fast do they finish the quests Uh, how many times do they do the quests and um, is it too easy for them for instance if if it's if it's too fast uh, is it because the player that took the quest was too how too high of a level uh, or was it that they were just too skilled uh, is it too easy in terms of uh, resource acquisition for instance the monsters that we that they're supposed to kill in order to get that special item to be able to build this staff of invincibility is this something that they need to look into and that that kind of data is thrown out there so much nowadays in in terms of game dev uh, not only during the testing phase but also when the game is live and mmorpgs i think and mobas specifically are really good at this they really really they dial down on all of these specifics uh that they push so if you if you just want to go in to the network traffic and see what is the how do players behave in in a mobile game for instance uh you you see it's not just the the position that is sent through the network it's also uh how many times did the, the, the did the player click in order for for the guy to move for instance and yeah uh did they use this scale where did they use a scale on the map exact x and y coordinates um was it in response to something else etc etc i mean the list goes on and that kind of data is just measured and thrown so much out there uh, in the ether and is really important for the devs to be able to to balance not only characters but also items uh quests yeah uh, monsters etc yeah i mean it improves the the gaming experience right because yeah exactly if you're frustrated that one item is too powerful or you know too weak or one class of of player because you have games where you have different classes with different skill sets 
is unbalanced versus the other pla the, the other classes um this is a way of feedback to the developers and they can see that okay wait a exactly. minute this doesn't work so you actually said something really really good there uh in terms of measurements measurements are basically feedback to the player uh, to to the dev to yeah. the game dev yeah that is exactly what it is you couldn't have said it any better yeah it's uh i mean it's it's uh <laughs> you can measure feedback from gamers and you can measure what they actually do in the game and you can measure you know all these things that you said which also are very important about balance like the quest thing is is also very important because i mean that's why you want the diversity of players testing uh your game because if you have let's say you have a quest like you said and and maybe a, a pro player would finish it in two hours and then a uh a, a, fairly experienced one would finish it in four and then an inexperienced player would finish it in six then you have to kind of figure out okay so this two hours was it too easy for the pro player and was it way too hard for the inexperienced player because you want that balance where the where a pro player or a very experienced player uh, feels that they also are challenged without being too easy but at the same time you can't make it too hard so that new players just feel that oh this is undoable for me i can't do this exactly um, and that is that is something that ties into to game difficulty and many times there is a there's just a setting in in the game uh, if it's a solo game where you have where you, where you play on a console it's an easy fix basically you just give the uh, the players less hp or less ammo uh, or the yeah, monsters yeah. more armor or more hp uh, but if it's an it's an online multiplayer game, then the trick becomes more convoluted because it's not really about a specific a specific uh, stat. It's more about how can we leverage some things to some people, but not to the other ones. Exactly. For instance, you can you can add buffs to certain kinds of characters, uh, or mm. you can have imbuements into weapons so if the, if the if the player has a is worse but they might have a weapon that has a socket for instance where you can just add a crystal or whatever which buffs the weapon in a certain amount of for for specific stat that way you can just shift some of the responsibilities to to the player and not for, for to the game yeah yeah without actually having to change the game core yeah yeah it's it's like it's exactly like you said because there will be a natural inequality there because we are different as human beings so then you have to figure out how you can treat everybody equally but unequally at the same time uh, yeah. and it's a very it's a very hard algorithm to to be honest and it's really i mean it's a fun thing to do because players are different guys play differently from girls uh mature play i mean 60 70 year old people play differently in comparison to five six seven year olds uh, yeah. and how i mean also demographics in terms of uh actual geographic location i mean if you if you look at south korea for instance they're like the super pros of the world in certain types of game because they're brought up with it. They have a different kind of community there. They have a different kind of uh, society yeah, around yeah. the around games. Uh, and then you can go to, I don't know, 
somewhere in South South America, for instance, where they might not have those kinds of games, and maybe in that play in that area of the world, console games might be more prevalent, and you can basically not find PC games or vice versa. Yeah, uh, I mean, yeah, the list goes on, yeah. uh, and it's really fun to see how how people react to different things and also how they play, especially how they react to different kinds of things. I, I touched upon this in a previous game where where the whatever you set out to add into your game will be perceived differently depending on what experience people have uh, from the beginning. Yeah, true. Uh, there, there was one game where they had these... Uh, I talked about this in the episode where we had one of our guests, um, where there, there was this island and all you had to do was just move side, from side to side and look out for things that would fall upon your head. Uh, and in the background, they had these uh, huge heads from the Falkland Islands. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they were basically saying, no, it's not from there. It's just something fantastical that we just add something that is from fantasy. But people will perceive it anyway as if it was from the real world because what they represented there or what they looked like were actually resembling the, the stones in the Falkland Islands. Mm. The same thing when there was a there was a game that was, I think it was a horror game or a Halloween game. I can't really remember, uh, which was set in a fantasy world, uh, where you had cross, like regular crosses as weapons, and these weapons could be broken, and you could just basically take up a cross from the road, and start using it like a sword, and it could break, and people didn't really like it. Because, I mean, once again, people resemble, uh, the things resemble something in the real world, which in this case were like Christian crosses, basically. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and that really didn't uh, go well with the community. Yeah, well, you know, you know how it is. I mean, association to different things is a lot of based on culture and where you live yeah. and all that. So um, it's, it's, it's bound to be uh a thing for for some players and you know some people associated with one thing other people associated with something else based on exactly. previous experience where they live uh, and and all that so um and my yeah. point is my point is localization uh is not just translating a game from one uh from one language to another it's also adding cultural references in the correct way exactly and yeah. and and the reason why i took like uh, just wanted to mention this was how do you measure it, right? Yeah. yeah. How how do you, how do you measure culture? You can't yeah. really do it because there is no nothing quantifiable about it. So you have to dig into the the the, the natural behavior uh, exactly the, the behaviors of a human being. Yeah, it's uh back to the proxies again. It's like exactly. you have to exactly. you have to dig into the manifestation of the culture exactly. Uh, and that way you can understand which things uh, you have to add and, and not. I really like this term of proxy because I never thought about it before. Uh, and I never really thought about, you know, manifestation of stuff being being kind of this <laughs> this term, which is kind of cool. I mean, because it, it does help, you know, it, it helps when you when you because you, before I was reading all these articles and all that, if somebody would would have told me, well, you know, we have to measure 
uh, fun or whatever, or, or a culture, right? Then it would be like, okay, so I need to understand what is fun, right? I, I need to understand what, what is this? What, how can we define it? How, how can you define the, the unit of measurement when actually that's not important at all, like I learned now? Um, so, so it's, it's a lot of fun, um, to, to think in, in these, uh, in these terms. And at the same time, it improves, it gives you clearer feedback. So as to, um, that's also based on which proxies you're measurement measuring and what, what your measurements look like, of course. Um, and again, back to your theory, if the theory is, um, fairly close to reality, you're going to get better feedback than if the theory uh, is not. Uh, at the same time, you're improving that theory with new hypotheses all the time. Uh, and I know that these big companies are probably doing that type uh, of improvement through data analysis and stuff like that. So they, you know, they get clearer and clearer pictures of, uh, <clears throat> of uh, what they should improve on uh, when uh, certain things happen because the amount of data actually matters as well. You can use that oh, data, yeah. so you can oh, yeah. you can you can get uh, more more accurate algorithms for what is actually happening. Um, yeah, exactly. So yeah, I mean, there's a lot of math going on in the background. If you want to go dig into this, we should maybe do an episode on that because the math behind it is really fun. Yeah, um, I agree. Damn, I dropped the ball. <laughs> let's just drop it there <laughs> crap i was about to say something really like profound crap <laughs> well yeah it's it's like um it's um the, the mathematics are are actually it's a lot of science behind it it is i mean you can't you can't say it, it isn't because it a lot of it is based on science and and how to how to get to the next uh, level and and measure things um, in terms of measurements yes but in terms of game dev uh, although there's a lot of math going on in the background uh, as a game dev you don't have to know uh, maths at all oh yeah no, say, no, that's, that's true i would say you need to have like basic third grade math <laughs> you need to know how to multiply stuff yeah uh, if you want to create a basic very basic game but i think in terms of skills that you need to have uh, in comparison to math uh, psychology that we've been talking about behaviorism uh, those kinds of things are really good to to have in your baggage because if you know how people are going to react to your experience uh, then you're probably going to get uh, get a better experience out of it right yeah, yeah. then just throwing out a bunch of uh, maths problems at a player and <laughs> hope that they solve stuff in a, in a good way yeah no that's uh that's true i i think um there are like you you mentioned that there are companies that are focused on this so you can also yeah. because measurements are expensive at least it depends you know on um the granularity level and the precision and accuracy for the measurement that that you want to actually achieve um at some point of course accuracy and precision and maybe even granularity won't give you because as much information as you're spending time on it on developing the measurement um but uh, you can also buy the data i mean that's the thing you can yeah, you true. can buy data uh, i don't know how morally correct that is or anything like that it's but. actually really i mean 
real quick because people I mean of course if you don't read the uh, the end user license agreements then yeah. it's your loss but what you're signing up on when when you actually press next when installing stuff it's you're saying to the company hey you can use my data however you want yeah uh, yeah of course it's just a uh, simple oversimplification because however you want is depends on the company uh, but previously i know that when facebook was really new i think there was something in the uh, in the end user license agreement uh, where they had full right to whatever picture you threw out uh, yeah, they Facebook. owned your pictures, basically, yeah, Facebook. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, and people didn't know that. Yeah, no, exactly, no. Um, okay, so I I know we're past the hour mark. Um, do we want to add anything? Uh, no, I think this was a really a different kind of episode that we yeah. have. This, this was more of a philosophical uh, one that I really... Uh, it was really cool to go into the philosophical details of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well done um, I guess we will thank you for listening everybody and uh, we'll see you next week and yeah. uh, get better juice for <laughs> <laughs> thank you I will <laughs> great then then uh, thank you for the talk Juicy a pleasure as thank always thank you as always bye bye, -bye.